right, uh, sports fans, welcome to another edition of uh, TMG Podcast. This is Chris Dufresne of TMG, and, and we're joined, as usual, this week by the usual noisy bunch of people. What What's going on out there? I hear, uh, I hear pencils, I hear paper clips. Uh, everyone settle in their seats. Or this... Here, settle down, settle down, class. Settle, <laughs> settle down, come on. Settle down, class. Uh, Herb Gould, are you there? And report, I am here. Reporting for duty. Mark Blauchin, are you there? I'm here. Okay. All right, we're ready to go. Uh, um... And I think we'll start. I, I like Tony's weekly feature. He does a you know a, kind of like a what we learned uh, over the weekend. And I think we'll we'll do a, a what we learned. Um, and I'll start with me since I have the uh, the open mic right now. Um, and it, just a couple things. You know what I learned uh, is that uh, you know never anticipate a good or a bad weekend in college football. Uh-huh. Because you, you know, the good ones are not always good, and the and the bad ones can turn out to be you know, you know transformative as as last weekend was. I also learned that I'm a a terrible football fan, and I think you guys I don't know if you guys have been through this experience, but I attended the Oregon uh, Stanford game last weekend as a fan. I was at my wife's uh, reunion at Stanford, um, uh, and once again, this doesn't happen very often. I went to a game last year as a fan. I'm a terrible fan. Uh, you know, I think we all are because we we watch. Oh, I can't do it. We watch no, game. We watch games in a different way, and we don't cheer. Uh, we don't clap. And we just were. Uh, it's just uncomfortable, and I guess that that's to be expected. Um, I also learned. Uh, you know, I learned it's you know uh, another. But one of the good parts of watching a game from the end zone, I got to watch Bryce Love. You know, kind of from a different angle, from the end zone angle, as as you know, the holes opened up and watch him move, um, and uh, you know, he had a hundred yards rushing in the first quarter and didn't play in the second half. He took one carry in the second half and, and sat down for the rest of the night. But I learned he's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I, I learned that that you know, uh, UCLA is in big trouble again, and, and Jim Moore is in big, big trouble again. And I probably learned that once again, USC, if you've got to trust anybody in the Pac-12 to get through to the finish line, I think, you know, it's going to be USC again after the Washingtons folded uh, this weekend, scoring a, a, a combined 10 points and two, two defeats, which is another shocking result. Um, anyway, let's go. Uh, uh, Tony, What did uh, since you came up with this... Uh, this concept. What what did you what did you learn this weekend? Well, I learned not to believe there's this guy down here that calls himself Mr. College Football. Oh God! And and, and and he was on a radio show on last <laughs> Thursday, and somebody asked him, "So Tony, what do you see for the weekend?" I said, "Well, you know, I, all I'm saying is, you know, there's no rank versus rank matchup, so it looks like a pretty uneventful weekend." In college football, so don't. If you ever hear a guy named Mr. College Football, don't listen to anything he has to say. The uh, <laughs> the true. other thing I learned was that I will never, ever, ever trust Auburn again. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You you go you go out there. Everybody's loving on you. Everybody's telling you how good you are. And you got to challenge Alabama and all that kind of stuff. And you go up twenty to nothing. At, at LSU, a place you hadn't won since 1999, and oh, guess what? You quit playing. And so I'm never, ever going to trust Auburn again. That, that, 
The other thing I learned. The other thing I learned is that uh, Butch Jones will be doing something else next year. He yeah. won't be coaching the University of Tennessee. Yeah. And I don't. I don't ever call for coaches to be fired, but I do. I do say when I think it's over, and I believe it's over. Uh, well, let's just say the uh, the coup de gras will be on Saturday at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So the, the, the third Saturday in October a massacre, I guess. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, yes, indeed. Herb Gould, uh, the Gould Standard. What did uh, What did you learn? What have you learned? Well, you know, I I, I keep thinking that Ohio State, you know, everybody in the country got off the Ohio State bandwagon when they, you know, for good reason, when they didn't show up against Oklahoma offensively. But boy, oh boy, that, that team, especially in light of all the, the shocking stuff over the weekend, I, I'm, I'm back on uh, board with my Alabama-Ohio State final in January in Mr. College Football's hometown. I think that that you know, uh, and I even mentioned this in the rankings, you know, if if accolades are rat poison, then, you know, getting disrespected like Ohio State did is mother's milk. Uh, I think they're just really firing on all cylinders, and now things are setting up. They've got an open date before Penn State. Uh, what I saw from Penn State did not impress me at Northwestern a couple weeks ago. Uh, and at the same time, I think Wisconsin, you know, that didn't look like a very good win against Purdue, but I think it was in light of, you know, you know, some, some nasty weather and also some, some uh, turnovers, tough mistakes by Wisconsin. So, you know what, Ohio State and Wisconsin, are, they're my one-two in the, in the Big Ten. And I know, uh, what, Penn State's now number two in the nation, but they're number three in the TMG Big Ten power poll. Yeah, we'll get yeah. back. Yeah, we'll get back to that Penn State issue in, in, in ranking in, in, in our kind of our, our group discussion. Um, but we'll get, what we need to get to uh, and what, adding to Ohio State, I'll also say that the the, bet, the best bet in college football the rest of the year is Ohio State and the over because they're not going to let up on 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 the, the gas up on anybody. Uh, you know, as they pursue this this playoff spot. But Mark Blauchin, Blau, Jersey guy, what have you what have you learned and uh, keep it to keep it to ten words or less, please. We, we're kind of tight okay. on. <laughs> first, first of all, is don't have, no more unions for you on the West Coast, okay? Do, what? I mean, uh, no, late night with me. Oh, stop that! Just stop it. We, what are we supposed uh, to do? We can't. We can't. Uh, we can't change the their time well, zones. Whatever. It was too much work anyway. But uh, and then speaking of cheering, uh, I was cheering and yelling at, at my alma mater on, on Saturday when I saw one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen in forty years. <laughs> With Miami, the onside uh, kick, yeah. Yeah, you know, Mark Rick has a brilliant idea, which I thought was interesting at the time. I've opened the second half by going for an onside kick. Well, the only problem was is Coach Rick, our special teams coach, neglected to tell the Hurricanes that you have to tackle the guys if Georgia Tech catches the ball. Well, the ball went eight yards, and one of the guys stood here and watched it go, waited to go ten yards, and what had happened? The George Tech guy was in for a touchdown. And until I pulled it out at the end, that was a loss, and that would have, that would have been a talk about a, a landmark loss. That would have cost me this season. So that was one thing. And the other thing I learned is Coach Barnard is Alabama. I think right now, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think if Alabama wins the regular season undefeated, they're going to play in the championship in the, in, the, in the Final Four, even if they lose the SEC title game. I don't. Th- I, I think if they're 12 and 0. 
I think the worst they'll fall if they even they lose to someone like Georgia is is two, three, or four. I don't. Th- I think they're they're a lot to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And what people are saying, you know, if if with the gauntlet that Penn State has to run coming up, if they lose a game, and that's certainly possible, uh, does Georgia move into does Georgia move into the number two spot? Yeah. And if that happens, you got one versus two playing in Atlanta. If the game is close, does the loser still have a chance to make make the final four? And that that's kind of what everybody's talking about down here. I think it, I think Blau's scenario is more likely. It's more likely that Alabama would stay in the top four if they lost than maybe so Georgia. Alabama's got much more street cred, and uh, the way that they're dominating right now, I think that could happen. But it, it'll it'll be the. I'm just glad that the, the the rankings, the committee's rankings, are finally going to start to come out because. A lot of these rankings that we're talking about didn't mean anything until they put theirs out there. Yeah, yeah, that. But you know, it's it's. I guess it's fun to talk about. But the, we we mentioned Penn State. I I don't understand how how is Penn State ahead of Georgia? What measurement is anybody you know looking at those two schools? Um, you know, oh, Georgia had a close game. Is that Notre Dame? But you know, Penn State barely got out of Iowa. Um, and as Herb said, they, they, they haven't been overly impressive. So how do you explain, the, 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 what's the love for Penn State? Is, well, is, is, is I, it I guilt? the answer is that, that they started higher, and, and, and I think we've all been voters at one time or another, and when you're a voter, it's difficult to have, do leapfrogs when teams, teams are winning, you know, and, and I, think, I think that pretty much sums it up, you know, and... I mean, what you really need to look at with Penn State, I mean, I'm not so sure. I mean, this is not a very good Michigan team, so I don't think they're going to have trouble this week. But it wouldn't surprise me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Write that, write that down, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is recorded, you know. This is a recorded. Michigan is offensively challenged, and, and, and Penn State, that offensive line, I mean, Saquon Barkley has not gotten 100 yards the last two weeks. Or two games. Yeah, he's still the leading and Heisman candidate, though. Fine. Even even the guys that you know, my friends who are you know uh, all over that Penn State beat will tell you that that offensive line that's not a championship offensive line. You know, maybe it'll get better, or maybe it'll be different, but we'll see how that goes. I mean, they've got three dangerous games coming up here, and honestly, if, I don't. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't make any assumptions about Penn State running a table. I'll be very interested to see how they do uh, as, as they proceed here, because those are three really solid teams they're playing the next three games. He's not getting 100 yards against Don Brown's defense. I, I, I'm not sure if Michigan can win the game. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say he's not going to get 100 yards against that defense. Yeah, at what, he, had, yeah. he had one big play against Northwestern. Other than that, he was getting like you know two point two eight yards per play. It was, and you know, and that a lot of that was on the blocking. There's no doubt, but uh, also you know they didn't have the tight end um, doing anything for him against Northwestern. So you know, and they also might be laying in the weeds. I don't know, but what I saw from that that Penn State team, you know, I don't I don't see that as a real championship caliber team at this point well how many how many sub 100 yard rushing games does he have to have in a row to, to drop the number two in the heisman race i mean and i'm sort of facetious about that but it seems like once the uh the, the you know the people that the, the talking heads get on somebody for the heisman they, they don't want to let go 
You know, it's like they can't let go of their of their pick. Uh, but uh, you know, like you said, if if he does, if he goes for two hundred against Michigan's defense, then I'll be a believer. But I think that's going to be a good test game for him. Um, but what? Getting back to Penn State, are we? Are we all? Is this is a? Is there a guilt factor too? And in in in, <laughs> in, in in just wanting, you know, we punished and pummeled Penn State so much five years ago, for all the right reasons. It was a horrible story, um, and uh, you know, and now it seems to me like everybody's. Uh, I, I'm happy they're doing well. I'm glad they're doing well. But I'm just. I don't understand the infatuation based on their just field play. Because I got hosed last year. Right. Yeah. Um, That's where the guilt's from. That's that is it. That's it. They got got hosed last year. Yes. There you go. You know, and and that's for me. It wasn't so much that they got hosed. I still don't have a problem with that process. That they got. Oh, oh, that was terrible. Really? Yeah, I I really don't. I mean, it's just who won the Big Ten, Herb? I think that, you know... We don't have to stay, Herb. <laughs> All right, settle down, Sparky. Okay. Well, but, that's and it. I like what they did in the Rose Bowl, but you know what? You have a process, and you Lose? follow it. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, they, well, they won a the game well, on their skill. Uh, I don't want to reopen that debate, but it, it wasn't as terrible as, as everybody made it out to be. Well, but... <laughs> but anyway, the the, qu- the question was why is why is Penn State getting so much love? That's because the they they're, played they're so getting... well against Wisconsin and in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, they're they're getting. Listen, they're going to give Penn State the chance. Hey, when when you as Blaston would say, win your games, okay? And so they're going to give Penn State every chance to win their games. So we'll see. Well, how differently do you think the committee is looking at Penn State than the the, the voting coaches and the and the AP writers? You know, is it? Yeah, we'll see. Oh, well, that, that, that's why the first set of rankings on the thirty first is just going to be fascinating. Uh, uh, where everybody's going to be positioned. Hey, we, we now know that we don't have any more debate. We now know Alabama's going to be number one. It's not. It's obviously not going to be Clemson. Okay. So now that Alabama's a solid one. Who's two, three, four, and five? Well, I'm going to make a prediction here. I, I think the one school that's that's underrated right now by the and the committee is not going to underrate them if they keep on winning is TCU. I yeah. thought TCU was going to jump into the top four if they're undefeated. Well, well, TCU's relationship with the committee is I wouldn't call stellar in the first uh, the no? four years of the uh, of this process. Didn't they get <laughs> didn't they get left out a couple years ago? Yeah, but but. Yeah. Uh, uh, they they got a but the, you know TCU has a, a, a tough back end of the schedule, uh, yeah, but you know they got Kansas this week. I, you know I'm, I'm not sure they're gonna have trouble with Kansas, but the back end is pretty tough. But hey, uh, you know that's a he's a good coach, uh, uh, and that quarterback is rebounded from a you know an, an off season and uh, give him credit. Uh, but I still think I don't think anybody other than than Alabama is getting through. Undefeated. That's that's the way I look at it. I think it's going to be Alabama thirteen and zero. Everybody else is going to have one or, or two losses. And then, then we'll see where. And then you got to do mix and match and see where you know make the comparisons there. But uh, uh, it's uh, it, you know the, another interesting race now that San Diego State lost is is the group of five uh, uh, designated hitter for uh, for a major bowl game. And the funny thing, look, you got three undefeated 
teams in the state of Florida, uh, but none of them, none of them are named Florida State or Florida. <laughs> USF or South Florida, uh, uh, Central Florida, and Miami are uh, unscathed. Uh, so that's you know that's going to be an interesting battle uh, uh, for that for the, the Group of Five spot. Um, anybody got the advantage over there? USF Central. Oh, I think South Florida is going to is you know is is going to be the uh, the leader in the clubhouse, and they got to play Central Florida in a regular season game, and if, if they win that game, and they can win their championship game against the uh, whoever else going to be in that division, they're going to be in the Peach Bowl, Tony. I mean, I, I think they're going to be that, 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 the team that plays in the Peach Bowl. USF and UCF play on Black Friday. Yep. Uh, I, was speak, I was speaking in Orlando last night, and they're already talking Ooh. about that down there. They're already talking about uh, Nebraska coming to get Scott Frost. They're worried about that, but I, and I think the the UCF and USF games because neither one of those teams plays a particularly strong non-conference schedule. Uh, I think the winner of that game goes gets the gets the bid and goes to the Peach Bowl. What's what's the date on that on Black Friday game? Is that coming? Black up? Friday. Black yeah, Friday. Day, day after Thanksgiving. Oh, that oh that oh that Black Friday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and. and uh, Charlie Strong versus Tom Herman. How does it? How does that look now? Charlie Strong is, is undefeated. Uh, Tom Herman <laughs> playing with, Char- well, with Char- Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong's players uh, is is you know look Texas is is improved. They've lost they lost a double overtime to USC. They took Oklahoma right. I mean they are a, uh, they they look different. Now, their record doesn't quite reflect it right now, but uh, uh, you know it, it is interesting that uh, Charlie's uh, Charlie's doing pretty well. He might be a good coach. You know, as we talked about, he might be a good coach there. He wasn't a good coach, you know, in Austin, but he's a good coach somewhere else. That well, he was, he, he's a good coach there. He was a good coach at Louisville. So yeah. The guy can coach, so the guy can flat coach. And, but he inherited a really good team at USF, and Willie Taggart knew that when he left. Yeah. Um, what the, who's in trouble? Who's the biggest coach in trouble uh, outside of, I think it might yeah, Butch Jones, you mentioned. I think Moore is in, in trouble now. Is there anybody else out there? Mike Riley. I guess those are the three. <laughs> yeah, keep an keep eye on Brett Bielema. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, this this thing is is getting uglier by the week. It's his fifth year. Uh, Jeff Long is is a is a very smart athletic director, but the problems they have now are just you know brutal. Just, um, I mean, they got beat by South Carolina forty eight twenty two. Okay. Forty-one to nine against Alabama. They're just not doing much of anything right now. And that that team that and that team you know, you'll never trust again. Auburn, uh, aren't they going into Arkansas this week? That and they they they're going up there. Yeah, they're going into Arkansas where Gus Malzahn went to school. And uh, uh, I think I think Auburn will bounce. I think they'll bounce back. But I don't trust. Them. I'm sorry. I don't trust. Them. <laughs> Herb 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 Gould, uh, this is your you know, Nebraska. I'm you know I still. Can't accept they're in the Big Ten, but they're the, you know they're your responsibility now. These are these are your Huskers, um, and yeah. it, you know what they just made a really interesting move. They hired an old buddy of ours, uh, uh, Bill Bill Moose, who was at Washington State, just became yep. the uh, the Nebraska AD, and that kind of uh, raises all sorts of questions about you know is Mike Leach going to follow uh, Moose to uh, to Nebraska? Um, uh, you know what happens to Mike Riley? I, mean, I know what's going to happen to Mike Riley, but it is an interesting dynamic. What do you, what's your take there, Herbie? You know, I, I think that if if they hired 
a guy from, you know, a Wazoo guy, he needs to be smart enough to know that you don't hitch your wagon to Mike Leach uh, <laughs> or anybody who's an outsider. You you go with that, you know, that Scott Frost thing makes way too much sense. Yeah. And you go with that. And uh, on the other hand, if you can if you can get Justin Wilcox out of Cal, maybe then you break your rule and bring in another Pac-12 guy. But but I, I think they need to have a, they need to have a homegrown guy and and Scott Frost. You know, there's just there's just too too much smoke there for that not to be a fire. Yeah, that that's plus, yeah. Go ahead. Plus, you see, UCF is averaging some ridiculous amount of yards and points a game. And boy, that, and that would get everybody jacked up. So. Well, that's right. And you know, you have to you have to go in in there. The next Nebraska guy has to have a real complete understanding of, of Nebraska. And, and as you mentioned, I mean, it's also you have to adapt because you're in the Big Ten now. You got to recruit different turf, but you have to go back to your Nebraska principles, which really aren't all that different than Iowa and Wisconsin. You know, you get you get a lot of big you know, blockers, and, and you run solid defense. You know, you run a Heartland kind of a game. Yeah, that's a game. And, and, you know, the things that they did with Callahan and, and what they're doing now with Mike Riley, it's not that they're unsound. I mean, they're good things. They just It's just not a, not a good fit in Lincoln, Nebraska. Right, identity. Identity in college football well, is very important. You know, and they're going to Purdue this week, and, and that's, that. you know, that's not a that, that's a very loose. I don't even know what the line is on that game, but Purdue is really good. Uh, they're a lot better than people realize. You know, you talk about momentum with teams. We we're so used to Purdue being bad, but this team, you know, for a first year guy, Jeff Brom's doing a terrific job, and and I fully expect that they're going to continue that against Nebraska on Saturday. Yeah. Um. Boy, I, I hate to get into this subject because we could go on a, probably all day on it, but we haven't really talked since the North Carolina NCA uh, ruling came down. Uh, Jersey guy wrote a you know, pretty scathing uh, column on it. I think probably we're all maybe we're not all shocked that 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 North Carolina got off with uh, with nothing. And and I, my question is, what is the NCAA now? Is it a joke? Is what is North Carolina now? Is it a joke? Uh, what do we make of this? Anybody? I think it's damaged, Tony. I mean, I think it, the reputation of the academic reputation is damaged because they 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 sold their soul here. Um, it's one thing to have you know athletic problems, but when you get the athletic integrity of a school like that, and and it, and what is what what is it a Carolina degree worth after years and years of of, of that kind of stuff going on? And the other question is, is and no one even knows is, is for, for all those courses that were phantom courses, you know, they could affect grade point averages of, of athletes who were marginal, perhaps. So we don't know how many guys might have stayed eligible, you know, during that during that time frame because because they took courses that they got A's in for not even showing up. So it, it's a it's a bad problem. And you're right. What does the NCAA do? They're doing nothing because they're 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 toothless right now in terms of enforcement. Tony, well. The NCAA's got to make up their mind, you know. You know, what killed me is, is they said, "Well, we can't really step into the academic side. That's up to the individual institutions." Well, Blau's boy, Jim Herrick, had a, <laughs> he was your boy for he, he 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 had he had a course that they taught the basketball. The son, Jim Herrick Jr., taught 
And yeah, other students were in it. It wasn't just athletes. It was a crit course for easy credit. NCAA stepped in there, slapped them pretty hard. You know, I, I well, to me, the whole the whole thing. I, I would blame. I think the the university. First of all, the university's got to decide. You know, if if they can live with this. And, you know, <laughs> I, obviously, obviously, I bet they, they will. Ha, they have they have lived with it, and they're going to get hammered. And their academic, you know, this pristine academic reputation they have is going to get hammered. The NCAA's got to figure out, can you step in or not step in? If it's going to be the wild, wild west, then just say so. But don't, don't pick and choose where you're going to step in, okay, beyond, you, beyond the, the scope of, of what you can do. And so, to, to, to me, the, at the end of the day, the, the fact that, yeah, not, these were not exclusively athletes who benefited, but athletes did benefit. Okay, these athletes did that, and to me, there's got to be some consequences for that. Herb, do you have any, any thoughts on this? Or yeah, you gonna... no, I, I think, you know, I, I always scoff at conspiracy theory when fans throw them out there, whether it's, NC, you know, whatever it is involving the NCAA, whether it's the basketball bracket or this kind of thing. But honestly, I, I think that we see that, you know, I think that a, a UNC that's been, you know, sort of a paradigm for so many years, they they get a they get a longer leash, and and I also think that it's really hypocritical. You know these these when these basketball coaches, I mean oh. in this case Roy Williams, to say, well I didn't know. You know what those guys know every living breathing thing about their programs, and and that's just so disingenuous. I, you know I think you 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 know I agree with both with with you guys one hundred percent that that. The schools have to, you know, they've got to crack down themselves. And also, I mean, the thing that we often overlook is that the NCAA is the schools. I mean, the, the schools get what they want out of, the, out of the NCAA to a great extent. The days when the NCAA was a true sheriff, I think, are long gone if they ever were there. You know, they don't really, they want, they want enough policing to keep the gravy train rolling and they want to make it look like they're taking care of business. But when you talk about something that, you know, is as widespread as what we're seeing here, whether it's the academics at UNC or, or this basketball assistant coach stuff with AAU, you know, those are things that could just destroy the whole, uh, the whole golden goose so that they have to tread very lightly and that's what they're doing. Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I, I hate to be cynical about this, but my record, my track record for predicting these things are, you know, now it stands at one hundred percent is that the NCAA will not penalize us, will not strip a a basketball school of a championship, and the fact that North Carolina won the basketball championship last year, I mean, I said right then, you know, it's over. They're not going to do anything because they won't. They historically they'll clobber number two if you finish second. In, in in the in the tournament, you know, and you've done something wrong. Watch out, Memphis, or you, know, you finish in the, you make the Final Four. How many Final Four teams have been vacated? A lot. None of those teams ended up winning the whole thing, and I, and I know that's very cynical, but I like the idea of farming out the, the enfor- enforcement, taking the for- enforcement out of the hands of the NCAA. Uh, of course, they won't do that either. And there's there's a, a Mark Emmert's online too. I'm gonna get him rid of him right now. <laughs> you're wrong, Mark. No, you're wrong. No. Okay. Anyway, 
Is that, I mean, is that feasible to farm out the way you hire the firm of, you know, uh, this, a former FBI director who's now, you know, you know taking on these kind yeah, of cases? That's, I, I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think that they're going to, they're, they're not going to give away their control. You know, it, it hasn't gotten that far along. You know, this isn't, the 1919 Black Sox, you know, where you've got a, a true threatening deal and you got to give Judge Landis the keys to the store. I don't see that happening. <laughs> well, somewhere Jer- Tarkanian's rolling over in his grave, just laughing his ass off over all this because, you know, what they did to him uh, relative to what they've done since he's, you know, since he's left the sport is is pretty interesting. But like I said, we could go on for a week on this and I we should probably move to get out of this uh get out of this podcast while we're you know we're we're still able. Um let's look forward to this weekend's games again, you know, sort of a light fair. There's some good games. I'm sure it'll turn out to be tremendous. Uh the big game of the week, USC at Notre Dame. Um uh and and that you know what? That's kind of a, a elimination game, isn't it? I mean, losers, second loss for uh-huh. e- either team, and both of them are are sitting, laying in the weeds, kind of in the ten, twelve ranking spot, very much alive in the in the playoff, if only because of their schedules. I mean, both these schools have schedules that when you put that put it down at the end of the year, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to to, to nitpick this. Um, uh, anybody have the advantage here, or is this uh, is this pretty close game? I don't know, Herb. Uh, you have any thoughts? And Notre Dame has improved, but it hasn't you know the test comes now, well, right? Yeah, I think the thing that we're going to have to look at with Notre Dame and Tony and I saw this against Georgia that that passing game is it, until it proves otherwise that's pretty suspect. I don't know how you do against a USC. On the other, you know, without without being able to throw the ball a little bit, but I expect that they will be better at it because Wimbush has had a half a season to to work on things, you know. And Notre Dame very good defensively and very good running game. I just threw a post on the website this morning, kind of detailing that. Um, and they've got a very tough schedule, but you know, I think that what I see with USC and, and you, you got you're closer to it too. That, that's not the team that we thought we were getting out of the Trojans before the season began. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're skating on some thin ice in, in uh, several of their games. Well, so, you know what, expect this will be, be another game kind of like the Georgia-Notre Dame game where, you know, you're going to have two really solid teams and they're going to trade some punches and, you know, who's going to make the bigger mistakes. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, U- USC, it's been injuries, injuries, injuries. I mean, three offensive linemen, you know, they lost at Washington State, and three offense, starting offensive linemen were out. And I think this is what separates USC from Alabama. I mean, kind of similar pedigree programs is USC does not have the kind of depth I remember in the opener when Alabama, I think they lost two starting linebackers, and it was going to the other. I'm going well, you know, they'll just move two two more guys up that are just as good. Uh, USC doesn't have that luxury. Their uh, their front line players are are you, know, you can they can compare with anybody, but when you start having them uh, replace linebackers and linemen, and Darnold has not been Darnold, uh, although the second half at Utah last week was a, the best half they played all year. Um, and USC, you know, Notre Dame also is coming off a bye week too, which uh, I think benefits them. But uh, uh, we'll see. It's gonna, I, it's gonna be hard for USC to run it out. But I, if they do run it out, 
they will be in the playoff. I'm, and, I, and if Notre Dame runs it out, they will be in the playoff. Anybody disagree with that statement? No, and you know that that was what I wrote this morning. Is that you know if if Notre Dame does, you know, I read it, it somewhere. Out, they're they're <laughs> solid. I mean, they've got a great pace. I mean, you're talking about you know they got to go down and and play at, at Blau's alma mater, and uh, you know they got NC oh, that'd, State that'd coming be. into South Bend. Those are those are tough games. Yeah, Blau, do you have any games on the in the Eastern Seaboard that 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 anybody should care about? I don't see any. Yeah. I no, there's, there's no there's no big games, but but the interesting thing that you're talking about is this is not a I mean again it looks like a a, a weak uh, week in terms of you know uh, big marquee games, but there's a lot of movements can happen because I think teams are going to get eliminated like you said like Notre Dame USC the losers gone I mean Michigan Penn State yeah. obviously Michigan loses they're definitely gone Penn State loses they they could be gone too. Um, there's one game again. I'm, I'm intrigued by it, and and and, I, and again it involves the the Big Twelve, Oklahoma State and Texas. Uh, yeah, that's a game for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State still got a chance to to go out and do something. They're number ten right now, but they, they, they to me look as good as anybody, even though they got the you know they they they're, they're sitting there just waiting on the wings. But 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 Texas again can prove itself and can not, can and, and do self destruction in the Big Twelve again by getting rid of another team. Yeah, Texas is you know Texas is close. You can see that uh, you know they're playing hard and they're they're in a lot of close games and they're they're not winning all of them. But I think they're on the on the right trajectory. Uh, Coach Barnhart, uh, SEC. You, oh, oh, here's the game I want to talk about. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a good game, but LSU at Ole Miss. Uh, Coach O, uh, written off by everybody, including many people on this podcast, and wrote Coach O off. After the oh. Tro- after the Troy loss, but now he he's he's the he's the cat yeah, the the Cheshire cat now gr- grinning from ear to ear, and now he gets to go back to Ole Miss where he failed miserably as a coach, and probably going to do a pretty good number on the on the Rebels. What do you think, Tony? Yes, it's going to be interesting to see how they play after two really tough emotional games to go on the road. Ole Miss can't do anything on defense; they're awful. But their quarterback, Shea Patterson's averaging like 350, 57 yards a game passing to some ridiculous number. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they play after those two emotional things. The other game I'm looking at is Lau's alma mater. <laughs> they, 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 have, they have had these, these fantastic finishes to win these two games. Now they're going to play Syracuse, uh, who knocked off Clemson, uh, and – I think they're like a double-digit favorite in that game. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to be a little bit flat against the Q's. That's a good, that's oh, a good point. Like, you don't think Syracuse is going to be a little flat too? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. What? Uh, but the, you know, Miami. Uh, what happens to the game they didn't play? If they let's say they 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 continue the streak of of last-second wins, and is that is that going to hurt them? No. Oh, of course. Oh, uh, get the get the graduate the the alum out of this discussion. Well, no, it's it's not separate this. It was Arkansas State, wasn't it? Huh? Yeah. It, it, oh, it come was, on. It was a nothing game. That's, that's a data point. That's a data point. Data point. If they go undefeated, they would have beaten. They would have beaten uh, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Notre Dame, and, and, and so Clemson probably in the championship game and Notre Dame. So. Yeah, if they're if they're eleven and zero or twelve and zero with an ACC championship, they're in. Okay, well that I you know I'm not going to argue that, but they're they're they they're doing these magical type things. They beat 
Florida State with a great call in the end. They they slog it around in the mud and the rain against Georgia Tech, and they you know they a game they easily could have lost but didn't. But this is what happens. Uh, Herb, you know Notre Dame in 2012 won six of these kind of games. Uh, Auburn, Tony, you know in 2010 won four or five of these kind of games. Yeah. Uh, uh, Clemson last year won a couple of these kind of games and even lost one of these well, kind of games. Well, you know, when Notre Dame won in 88, that, you know, that great Catholics versus convicts, 31-30 against Miami. Now, were you one of the convicts uh, on that one, or <laughs> he was a, that, was, that was convict uh, homecoming, I think, that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he was there as part of the, yeah. Uh, and the, 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 the crowd was the same. It was, you know... 39,000, I think. Oh, I, I was there when, when, you know, around George Myers' time. Ted Hendricks was, was a classmate of mine, so that's how before I go back to Miami. Ted Hendricks, the stork? <laughs> the stork, man, stork, and Tony Klein. Ted Hendricks and Tony Klein. They were, they were, uh, I took a, a class in, with, in, with Tony Klein in English literature my freshman year, and I was getting ready for midterms and, and worried about it, and, I, and Tony Klein was sitting next to me. He was looking at a piece of paper, strange, and he, and he crumbled up and threw it down. It was the test. How... <laughs> Two days before we're supposed to get it. All right. Well, you know that that's uh, that was a long time ago. That was that was another century ago. You're right. Um, okay. I think we got to get out of this. With this final note, I always like to to do my uh, Alabama non-conference uh, update against the FSU's. Uh, Fresno State is four and two now, and and Florida State is two and three. I think. Uh, uh, which is, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, Jeff Tedford has done, you know, Jeff Tedford's the coach at Fresno State now. They've done, a, he's done a really good job there, and that was a terrible team he took over. So uh, kudos to him. And uh, anybody else got anything they want to spill or spew or just, anything? Just, just one thing. Okay, go ahead. Before, is look, look at how many of us would have bet uh, in the middle of October that Florida State and Louisville would be two unranked teams playing? Uh-huh. And it's still gonna it's still gonna be a good game. <laughs> it will be, but 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 it's just mind boggling that they're both unranked and 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 you know it, it's just that's the way well, things went. But you know, right? And uh, we, yeah, this is the topic we probably should have touched on: quarterback. Well, boy, how important the position of quarterback. You lose mm-hmm. you lose a quarterback. Uh, you know, Clemson is is good dealing with us now. Florida State's already been through us, knows how's it, how it feels. Oregon, which was a pretty good team uh, with a, a good quarterback, is a terrible team. Uh, they had no backup quarterback plan at Oregon. Um, but uh, all over, you know, that you, you, if you can't play that position, it, 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 you have a tough time in this, in this sport. So uh, I think we'll all agree. All right, anybody else? Herb, you got anything to say? Nothing. Uh, no, right. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we've, uh, we've touched on it. I mean, that Michigan-Penn State will be interesting. And, and just remember, Penn State goes to Ohio State, and then they go to Michigan State. So they got, they got a really big stretch there uh, the next three games. Yeah, good point. And Michigan State's another one of those teams that you, you, a month ago we didn't think that would be a, a tough game. Now it is. You know, some of these teams that creep up, the Arizonas are, are better uh, Rich Rod, I think, has got, you know, in Arizona, I think he's got his Pat White. He's found his Pat White uh, and this Khalil Tate, who's who's run for at co- the quarterback position 650 yards in his last two starts. No national, you know, all right, Pac-12 after dark. No national attention. Nobody knows who he is. 
This guy has 600 rushing yards at the quarterback position. And Arizona is, uh, you know, they look, uh, this is the Rich Rod we, 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 you know, we know and thought he was. So, uh, well, that, well, I would also ask you now, I don't even know, was that game uh, Washington's loss, was, was that even on Pac-12 after dark? I mean, I didn't even, well, well, what was the deal there? How do the, how do the Huskies have that kind of a meltdown? Did you see that game, dude? No, I was at the Stanford game, but I was monitoring it closely. They, they, they couldn't. They got in the red zone and and, and you know and crapped their pants every time down there. They missed two 20, 20 yard field goals. Uh, they got stopped and uh, you know Arizona State again another guy that's a good coach and the, uh, look we we, we we I missed it on the Arizonas. They're they're better uh, and Arizona State has gotten better during the season. Just in Stanford has gotten better. Stanford looks like a different team than the one that, that, that lost to USC. And what that means is that makes it tough for the rest of the league uh, to get through the schedule, you know, for their one-loss teams to get through. And that's what makes it difficult uh, in terms you know, of the playoff. It just, when, when the, the middle of your league is, is a tough out, um, then you're going to have a hard time getting through. And I think that's what's going to happen uh, in, in the, in the Pac-12. Uh, but you know, Chris Peterson, uh, you know, got his wish. I guess uh, you know, uh, he, he probably wishes that game was on even later uh, after midnight start, the way they played. But you know, that's the way it goes. All right, uh, we've we've overstayed our welcome. We're being kicked out of the uh, uh, the bar, which has happened to us many times before uh, in this, in these discussions. But we'll uh, we'll gather again next week. Until then, adios, everyone.